We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to this episode of the DGD Podcast. Robert Reynolds here, brought to you by Alumni Hall. Greatest place in Athens to get your license, Nike, Columbia, Cutter and Buck. Best place in Athens to go get it. Check them out, alumnihall.com, or check them out in the store 10 minutes away from campus. Let them know the DGD sent you. With that being said, we're going to talk about the pre or re, the review, I should say, of the Kent State game, right? Um, overall, 39-22, you win by 17, but that's not what everybody was worried about. I think it was the sloppiest game of the season so far, but I'm not going to be a doomer and gloomer, right? I think we have to look realistic here and understand that there are some actually some positive takeaways from Saturday's game. And one of those being we needed the adversity and we kind of needed that game, right? You have to have those kind of games to, you know, for a multitude of reasons, right? We're going to, we're getting straight into this. First off, you need that adversity. Georgia was perceived by the national media as this unstoppable force. You need the humility if you're Georgia and what better way to get it than Saturday. You still took care of business, unlike some other teams, which we'll talk about in a little bit too, uh, as we go around the NCAA, because it was a wild week of college football, nonetheless. Um, you know, but listen, you take care of business, you you go, right, you look at it, you win by 17. Um, you know, listen, it isn't, you know, it isn't like you lost anything because you didn't, right? So you're still number one in the AP poll, right, for that matter, if you're interested in that. Um, you know, but listen, there were some things to coach up, some coachable moments. And ultimately for me, I'm, I'm kind of glad we had this game. Uh, had you asked me Saturday evening, you were probably going to get something completely different. Let's be real. But sitting on it, sleeping on it, you needed this. Kirby Smart said it in the post game, and I'm with him on that. I think you needed this. And obviously, you know, listen, the turnovers. You never want to see turnovers like that, but it's better to get it out of the way against a team like Kent State and win the game still. Uh, now, obviously, moving forward, you got to correct those. 
uh, limit the turnovers, right? Things like that. But listen, at the same time, Georgia didn't necessarily have a bad game. Stetson Bennett, 27 for 36, 272 yards now, albeit no touchdowns, uh, one pick, right? First interception of the season. Uh, took a sack as well. So 272 yards, listen, that's still very impressive. Now the touchdowns, right, that was mitigated by two Brock, <laughs> two Brock Bowers touchdowns. Obviously, if you saw it, the 75-yarder to open up the scoring on the second play from scrimmage. Uh, listen, Brock Bowers needs to be in the Heisman talk at some point if this shit keeps going, no doubt about it. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But at the same time, listen, offensively, you still – Moved the ball for about 500, and, I think almost 500 yards or more. That That's impressive considering you gave up three, you gave up the ball three times, right? Obviously, with Lad, uh, you know, Lad McConkey had a, a rough half, right? Rough half a ball. Um, you know, and, I'm, I'm, and I don't really like the fact that we saw people bashing him over social media. Um, you know, I don't think he deserved that. I think he knew he had messed up. There was a couple, you know, mental errors. But I'm glad to see that he got the ball and kept throwing him the ball in the second half. That's how you get out of those mental funks. You just have to do it that way. You know, I'm looking at the quarterback position. Ultimately, I think we were efficient with the ball offensively. Uh, like I said, we didn't score like that many touchdowns. We can, That's something that we really have to worry about is, is we got to score touchdowns, in my opinion, uh, If you're especially if you want to aspire to be um, a national champion again. I think you have to score touchdowns. So kicking field goals is something that was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I would have loved to see the red zone offense do more, but uh, be more efficient there. Like I said, putting seven on the board instead of three. Um, at the end of the day, though, like I said, you win by 17 points, uh, but it could have been more. It, it could have been more. Um, you know, looking at the running back situation, like I said, it's kind of wild that your tight end is your leading rusher, but when you bust for a 75-yarder, I think that's what you're looking at. Now, Dejon Edwards, if we're true running back talk, was the best runner, 12 attempts, 73 yards, right? longest of 17 yards. Looked really well, had some very good holes to run through. Um, you know, Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton, basically average here, same attempts, nine attempts each. Uh, Kenny going for 44, Kendall for 43. You know, one of the things I think with Kendall, and I really, I really want to see, I think it's coming. I definitely think this is coming, but he's going to have a breakout game on the ground. Um, there was several times where he gets shoestring tackled, and it, it kind of negates a huge game or a huge touchdown. It, his time's coming to, for a breakout game on the road, uh, on the ground. It's It's coming. Uh, and it could even be this week against Missouri, uh, which we'll talk about uh, for another episode. You know, but listen, at the same time, when you've got Brock Bowers running a 75-yard jet sweep to the house, second play from scrimmage, you know, listen, there's some there's some things that, you know, you may not pay attention to, but there was a tight end in, by the name of Deuce Robinson in attendance. And in my opinion, Brock Bauer's jet sweep was not was not just coincidental. That was there was that was there for a reason. That was done for a reason. 
Um, for those that keep up with the recruiting aspect of it, you look at, right, like Deuce Robinson is a five-star tight end. Uh, and you might ask yourself why we're looking at another tight end when you already have two in the fold for this cycle, um, being Lawson Lucky and Pierce Sperling. Uh, Todd Hartley wants to get all three of them. And, and I think after this weekend, you're probably going to say that there's a good chance that that could happen. Not saying it will happen, but Georgia has put themselves in the running to get three tight ends in the cycle. And if, and if you do land Deuce Robinson, goodness gracious, Todd Hartley, my man will have a Brinks truck backed up to his house immediately. Or should, in my opinion. Should. Um, but anyways, back to the game. Obviously, we we played a little bit sloppy. right? You look at the first half, right? We look at, you know, special teams was an issue, right? Obviously, you know, Lab McConkie muffs the punt. They get three off of that. But at the same time, then you look at it in a sense where Lab McConkie also has, right, gives up or Stetson throws the pick. Um, you know, Lab McConkie drops a couple passes, things like that. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and bash the kid. Never will. Just, just won't do that. Uh, that's not for me to do. That's not, you're not going to catch me doing that. But, you know, for me, the best way to get out of a slump, if you will, is to push through it. You can never, you will never be able to get out of a slump or funk if you don't, just if you just sit stagnant. There's no way to get about that. So you have to do something about that. Um, and you saw in the second half, Stetson kept throwing the ball to, you know, Lab, and it started paying off, right? Uh, and, and that's something that you need because you need Lab moving forward. Lab actually led the receivers, right? Six receptions, 65 yards. It wasn't necessarily the prettiest because it was obviously we're balanced here. So you got Brock Bowers, five receptions, 60 yards. Darnell with two receptions and 39 yards. Kenny with six for 35. My, I really want to see Darnell get used more. Um, that's something that I wanted to see. I felt like he's a mismatch, and more so in the in the red zone. And I know, like, you get him in space, and it's interesting because, well, good luck tackling him. But at the same time, when you have somebody that big and that tall, utilize that. Just, just do it. Just utilize it. And I think it'll help pay off and fix your red zone woes too. I think that'll definitely fix some problems. Um, but overall, offensively, right, it seemed like it was like you still put up a lot of points, a lot of points there. Um, you know, you're looking at over 500 yards of offense from based off of receiving and rushing. So, like I said, you can say the 39-22 score uh, was under you know under underperforming and underwhelming fair, but to say that the offense didn't click. When you throw up 500 yards of offense, that's it's not necessarily an offensive problem. Just not. Just not. But we have to give credit to Kent State because Kent State actually played a really good game. They were more physical. We just had the guys. right? We just had the guys. And, and sometimes that just happens. Um, but if we're looking at defensive, right, defensive lapses here, obviously you look at what we expected in the offseason, right? Some regression. Uh, in a sense of experience, right? You lose this experience 
and I think it was I think it was on display a little bit here. Um, some youth, um, some mistakes, but also some guys that you wouldn't kind of think would make these mistakes kind of did, right? They, they played the ball the wrong way. I think it was Chris Smith uh, on the screen for the receiver, giving up the 52-yard touchdown. You know, goes inside, the receiver breaks it off to the outside, right, running down the line. Uh, but if you're looking at some defensive stats here for for Georgia, right, JDJ, six tackles, right? When I, honestly, if you really look at it before I go any more, you actually had more sacks, right? More sacks this game. That's another thing that Georgia's been lacking for everybody else was these sacks, right? So you get sacks, you get two, three sacks on the on the day, one by Nolan Smith, two by JDJ. You've got four QB hurries, right? Um, you know, and, that, and that's something else as well, right? The QB, the QB hurries, they they get overlooked, right? Because Georgia, we haven't, you know, obviously coming into this game, you had one sack, but the amount of QB hurries and, and disruption is what made our defense so dominant through three games prior to this one, and that shouldn't go unnoticed. Uh, but Smile Mondin, Malika Starks, Chris Smith, Dan Jackson had a good game, uh, making a bunch of tackles. Balanced off, balanced defensively um, on tackles and things like that. Uh, but we definitely have got some improvement in the, you know, on the defense. And I think we, like I said, we needed this. We needed this to to coach up some things, sure some things up, and get better heading into SEC play. Ultimately, that's just the way it is. Like I said, this game, you know, you're going to hear multiple assets, like multiple facets saying that this was the worst game that imagined, you know, outside of Georgia, people saying that, you know, that Georgia's beatable. And that may be so. But at the same time, I still think, and so do a bunch of other people, apparently, the AP poll, Georgia's the best team in the country. And I believe that still. Now, that ain't going to change my mind. But at the same time, we'll, on this on the next side of this break, we're going to talk about some teams that didn't fare so well Saturday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. As we were talking about before the break, Saturday was not so kind to some folks um, around the NCAA. And as a Georgia fan, I'm sitting here loving it. 
Um, first off, I think the big letdown of the day was Miami. Good Lord. I think there's an Amber Alert out for them uh, for a group of people. I think last seen in a bus, like Miami bus, uh, leaving Hard Rock Stadium uh, because that team was missing. Folks, that team did not show up. Uh, Middle Tennessee State goes into Hard Rock uh, and embarrasses them. But, you know, they win by 14, but the game was worse than that. And, and Miami's secondary, holy shit, it was rough. Uh, gave up multiple, multiple uh, huge, huge explosive plays. Uh, I think the top being the 98-yard pass um, for a touchdown. Uh, watching that play unfold, the the receiver for Middle Tennessee just straight walked past the uh, the DB, and at that point, you just kind of know that it just sealed the deal for Miami. Listen, you know you, you know, a lot of people knew that Miami wasn't going to be this and that, like they weren't going to be the greatest, right? Tell that to some Miami fans and. You know, you got a good argument there, but that, that's just an embarrassing loss, right? That's just an embarrassing loss. There shouldn't be happening. Um, another team, or actually a couple teams, uh, Big 12, Oklahoma falls to Kansas State. Um, Texas falls to Texas Tech. So it's pretty interesting there because typically, you, if I'm not mistaken, Kansas – of all teams, is 4-0 in their first, if I'm not mistaken, first in the Big 12 right now. Tell me how crazy that is. Kansas, the Jayhawks, are number one in the Big 12 right now. I know it's through four games. But let that sink in and kind of show you how crazy 2022 has been through four weeks. It's absolutely wild. I love it. I'm all for it. You know, you sit there, you look around, USC did not lose, but they looked human. They looked human against Washington State. And Cameron Ward from Incarnate Word transfers in. That Washington State team looks pretty good. It just does. Um, you know, the USC, I want to say they gave get a four turnovers, or not four turnovers, but four, uh, four takeaways. Um. Good game from them, but like I said, you could definitely they, they survived that game. Uh, Oregon surviving a game against Washington State. I mean, not Washington State. Um, Oregon, no, USC played Oregon State. Excuse me. Um, so Washington State and Oregon. Oregon survives on a touchdown and everything, and then um, <clears throat> Bonex actually played a good game there. USC played Oregon State. So let me clear that up. USC played Oregon State, survives on a last-minute pick while Oregon State's driving the field. Um, so, but yeah, USC still kind of looks a little bit, um, a little bit human there. Ohio State handles Wisconsin, uh, Clemson, and Wake Forest going to overtime uh, in Winston Salem. Uh, good game, actually. DJ Uyunglele uh, had a pretty damn good game for what it's worth. Um, defensively, it was kind of questioned there. I uh, wasn't expecting that. So, you know, obviously moving forward, you'll see, you know, Clemson taking on NC State, more solid defense. We'll see what happens with Clemson there. But 
some really close games and a lot of parity so far through four weeks. And, and for me, I'm loving this. I'm loving it. Um, you know, obviously Georgia's 4-0, and you want them to be undefeated. But what a what a season so far. It makes for some enjoying football. Really fun football to watch. Um, <clears throat> you know, looking around, listen, we're the Gator haters here. Y'all know this. Uh, Gators go down to Tennessee. So Tennessee is now in the top 10. Kentucky's in the top 10. Georgia in the top 10. And just like that, the SEC East is, is there for now, right? Um, keep in mind, Tennessee's about to go after their bye week. They're about to hit a month of brutal schedule, and we'll see what they're made of after that. Um, but for now, top 10 team. So, you know, Kentucky struggled a little bit as well. Um you know, they, and we'll, we'll find out more about them when they go to Ole Miss this week. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of games left. We'll see what people are made of. Um, but nonetheless, you got the SEC East looking absolutely strong. Uh, and, and honestly, that helps Georgia. I think you have to make the under sense. That's helping Georgia. We need we need the SEC East to look good. It's just what happens. Um, I wish we could say the same for – what happened between Missouri and Auburn, but just didn't happen. That was the one of the worst football games I've seen in a while. It was just ugly. You had it was 14-14 at the half, and then no one scored a point. The entire second half goes to overtime. And Missouri literally gives the game away, hands the game away. Uh and the way that they lost that game was just just Backbreaking. It was uh, you. Would, you'd have to watch missing a twenty-six yard field goal, send the game to overtime. Your running back is running right there, one yard line. Ball falls out of his hand. Auburn gets the uh, Auburn gets the touchback, wins the game seventeen fourteen. You couldn't ask for a worse football game than that. It was ugly, and obviously Georgia has these two teams on the schedule for the next two weeks. So if I'm Georgia, I'm looking at my chops like y'all suck. Like this is gonna be put it honest, y'all are terrible, absolutely terrible. Georgia, we'll, and we'll talk more about this on the next episode, folks. Georgia after this Kent State game should be on a, a on a level of focus to the point where if I'm a Missouri fan, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm just gonna leave that there because. My thought is that Kirby's going to have this team ready to go. You listen to the rat poison. You got your dose. You still won. You came out on the top. But enough of that shit. Enough of it. You become focused. It's SEC play. And we go from there. And obviously another thing, too, what's interesting, right? We're obviously looking onto the schedule. You know, Georgia also gets to deal with Georgia Tech at the end of the season Georgia Tech lets go of Jeff Collins and their athletic director. So the head coaching and AD search is now on in Atlanta. And what could that mean? What could that mean for Georgia? Right, there's a couple names already tied to to Georgia Tech. And Deion Sanders, I don't know how true this, I don't know if if he really does go here. Um, But Del McGee is a name that you could hear uh, circulating around. Uh, 
um, with his ties in the state and high school, you know, just, un, you know, been around Georgia, things like that. Uh, his recruiting prowess, if you will. Uh, so you've, you know, I've heard Del McGee, um, you know, like I said, Deion Sanders, we'll see what happens there. Um, but that's definitely something if you're a Georgia fan to keep an eye out for, because we all know that Jeff Collins, <laughs> they didn't invest in a program and Jeff Collins was a clown. All the dude did was just associate Waffle House with a bunch of L's. I, I know Waffle House has ML in it, but don't do that to them. They don't deserve it. They just got one L, not multiple. But nonetheless, you know, obviously I think as a Georgia fan, you still have to keep that in mind. You, you just have to keep that in mind because it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the with clean old-fashioned hate. Um, you know, I, listen, I want clean old-fashioned hate to mean something again. It just wasn't meaning shit. Jeff Collins there. They didn't invest into the program football-wise. It showed. I think they have to find somebody that's going to invest and invest into the program from a football perspective. The state of Georgia from high school recruiting, it's 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 insane. And, and Georgia Tech's just squandering that. So you have to take advantage if you're Georgia Tech. Get somebody that get somebody that can recruit and, and get some guys into the you know get some guys into the program might have some interesting shit on your hands if you ain't careful. But I, obviously, Georgia fans need to keep an eye out for that. Right at the moment, they don't have a head coach or an AD. So we'll see how that goes as the season goes along. Uh, obviously, that's some stuff from around the NCAA. Um, but at the same time, just remember, folks, your dogs are 4-0. You're heading into the SEC play again. You're diving back in. You're obviously, heading on, taking two Como, for that matter. Como night game. Uh, Auburn has been already cl- uh, claimed as a 330 spot. Uh, so if you're going to the game, at least you ain't got to worry about a noon game. You ain't got to worry about a noon kick. So hooray for that. So obviously we'll, we'll talk more about this. And also if you're in the, if you're in the Florida area, folks, please stay safe. Uh, Hurricane I or Ian, sorry. Um, getting pretty rough out there. So if you're in South Florida, really the whole state for that matter. Uh, obviously, Georgia and Alabama, things like that. So if you are listening and you are in those areas, please stay safe and do what, you know, obviously listen to your local news uh, and, and do the right thing and be safe. We need you all out there supporting the dogs. With that being said, have a great day. I hope you all enjoyed the show, and we will catch you all next time.